Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to I Don't Know. I'm Gabe Garber, and this week I'm doing things a little bit differently. I like to experiment, and uh, well, that's what's happening. So let me let me paint you a picture. Imagine a Midwestern cinder block lined basement, cement floors. One could call it unfinished, but one would be slightly wrong. It's partially finished. Let's let's go with that. Typically, I've got a an adjustable height rotating table that uh, my my modest setup usually sits on, and I'm seated while I sit down to record. You know, sitting down and being seated are synonymous. And yeah, that's that's fine. That's been good. It's it's particularly effective when I am interviewing someone as we've had a few guests on so far. But one thing that I, I'm aware of as a personal preference is that oftentimes if I'm on the phone and talking to somebody, my personal preference is to pace around wherever it is that I am, whether that's going for a walk or just wearing circles into the carpet, or in this case, the concrete, and I'm not really going to do much, do much damage over the course of a half hour, 45 minute session. But yeah, that's generally how I roll. A body in motion, a mind in motion, something like that. And yeah, so I figured this is my show. What the hell? Let's just go for it. So I, I'm on a short leash, uh, specifically about a six foot XLR cable in the bright color red, which is wasn't a choice I made. It just, that's how it came. And so if you notice anything different about the sound quality, I'm also using a different microphone that allows me to essentially emulate Henry Rollins, although I am wearing a shirt and pants and shoes. So I guess that's a pretty bad analogy, <laughs> um, but whatever. So yeah, this is uh, an experiment in, in the form, or at least the process of IDK. So exciting, I'm sure, for everyone out there. So if you want to imagine me, you're welcome to. If you don't, who cares? Sit back or, you know, go for a walk. Whatever it is that you do that gets your head in the right space to listen to audio content. I am coming at this today with more vague ideas. I didn't do a whole lot of prep. So full disclosure up front bear with me, but I, I think maybe the, uh, maybe the mobility that I'm incorporating will, will factor into a little bit more organic, free-flowing of thoughts. I also wanted to just be right up front and transparent since I'm no longer on the video, and I don't even think on those videos I was the most um, demonstrative of, of this particular habit, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I often partake in some nice, cold, refreshing, bubbly seltzer water while recording, and I'm doing that as well today. I'm not going to name the brand that I'm drinking because they're not paying me, but let's just say, well, yeah, the flavor is, is plain. I'm drinking that pure or original, not to, not to lead with any specific naming conventions that might give away the brand 
I'm drinking original flavored seltzer water. One thing I'm also noticing is that this has a bit of stand-up effects of, of mildly pacing around on a... Right now there's some black garbage bags on the floor, which are sort of serving as a de facto stage. Those are on there. I've been putting together some some acoustic foam panels and using some strong adhesive that I just laid down the old garbage bags as sort of a protective a protective layer so as not to detract from the the beauty of the bare raw concrete floor but anyway i don't know i was thinking as far as creativity goes something that i was wanting to maybe explore today pertaining to some of those kind of waves of my own activity as far as connecting with playing guitar or or how I viewed myself as either a musician or more of a, I don't really know what to call it, but I was dwelling on some of the periods of time where, so right now I'm definitely in more of a phase of listening to more melodic driven music, still fairly diverse, well, kind of that's diverse for me is usually diverse within whatever it is that I normally tend towards listening to. So it might not be a very broad spectrum of artists, but as far as as what my, my collection or library, which as of now is all digital, for better or worse, I've been listening mostly to, like I said, melodic, heavy music. And that's Maybe not the best descriptor, but it is once I compare it to, you know, other periods of my life where I was almost exclusively listening to hip-hop. And that's not to say hip-hop is void of melodic components. That's obviously not true. But maybe I was going to say even like instrumentation could be something. But yeah, I don't know. I, I So I guess the realization or the dwelling that I was doing on the style of music that I've found myself listening to more and more in whatever this most recent phase has been has also seemed to connect with a period in which I've rekindled my playful feeling that is surrounding playing guitar or picking up an instrument and you know just just connecting in that sense with it and yeah it just kind of made me I guess wonder the there was definitely a period of several years that I've I've touched on briefly before where I wasn't interested in playing guitar. I wasn't as intrigued by it. I wasn't able to kind of capture that that mindset of curiosity, of playfulness um surrounding guitar playing or instrument playing in general. And so I just kind of they, they were on the back burner. And I'm I'm I guess I'm recognizing right now that there's some correspondence, even if it's not causally linked. Chronologically, there seems to be some correspondence with the period of time where I was listening to music that was maybe maybe a little bit less emphasizing instrumentation and more on lyrical content, storytelling, or you know, the beats, the the beat production. And yeah, I was just I was wondering about that earlier while doing some dishes. And yeah, just noticing 
the the potential connection there of the kind of waning interest in picking up a guitar and playing it or even even with bass although i think in that time of falling out of love with the guitar any amount of interest in playing an instrument tended to gravitate towards bass part of that was probably just wanting to switch it up wanting to navigate something different although for anyone who's played guitar and bass or even just guitar or bass you likely know that there's not a whole lot of difference there but yeah i just was interested in exploring different sonic potentials and when i set down the guitar whether that was a conscious decision and i don't really think it was it was just again kind of a i wasn't compelled to pick it up and that pattern or that single instance of apathy towards it quickly turned into a trend that lasted a few years really until i kind of had some some reasons to pick it up and started playing with a few different groups in bloomington that that were looking for that so aside from the occasional opportunity to jam with some friends which was always fun but didn't seem to generate the momentum that was sufficient to keep that going they kind of remained isolated incidents and so they were fun but in general the interest that i had was either on bass or nothing at all or i guess that probably also corresponds with the time that I discovered Oxy, and it might have been when it originally first came out. I don't actually recall where I first heard of it. I should uh, do some sitting down and, and thinking and looking back to maybe <laughs> figure out where that, where that uh, crossed, my, crossed my path. It'd be interesting to see. But even there, that was, that was helpful in terms of being able to still have a way to sketch out creative ideas and thoughts that that still pass through me but just finding a different voice there so obviously like (laughs) compared to say beatboxing a a rhythmic idea into my voice memos of my phone is somewhat helpful but not the most productive if i wasn't also in the habit of opening up the computer and piecing that together within within some daw within some program that i could develop it more so oxy gave me that that capacity even in in its early primitive stages i was able to construct beats rhythms and then add i mean at the time it had just very very basic sounds that were available but it had some bass sounds and then some synth electronic keyboard ish sounding options and then eventually they had some some sound packs that they offered for maybe like three or four bucks a piece. And I got the electronic keyboards, vintage style electronic keyboards, so like Fender Rhodes, Wurlitzer, that kind of stuff, which I've always I've always really enjoyed those sounds. And so that I think really, really got me intrigued into just being in that mode. That was where my creative energies tended to be aimed when when they came up and that was that was more fun that was intriguing that was for whatever reason the boundary the barrier of picking up a guitar to translate an idea that was in my head into some musical piece of information the guitar just had such a barrier 
for me at that point in time. And yeah, as, as I've said a few times before now, it's like using the dancing example. I have a harder time choosing to do it for its own sake, but when the music's right, when the energy's right, if I think especially, I mean, the music does almost all the heavy lifting there. If, if, if I'm feeling something, it's going to be hard to keep me from dancing. And I think that's, that's the energy that I've maybe relied on a lot in the past for playing guitar or whatever it has been. But the thing there that I realized is it wasn't an active reliance because it came so naturally. It was always, you know, I almost, it's kind of taking it for granted that that would just be there. The guitar was just something that I naturally would reach for in those moments. And yeah, I think I just took it for granted that 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 would just be the thing. And so it was really never an issue until it wasn't the thing anymore. And it just became such kind of a cumbersome process that it was much easier and felt much more compelling to just sing an idea into voice memos and that was enough to get it out of my mind and whatever the shortcomings of that practice was it was all I really had in me for whatever reason in that period of time so yeah I guess that was the the exciting thing about Oxy was that with no extra thing no extra hardware or tool beyond what I was already using so my phone and my mind and whatever processing capacity (laughs) that exhibited, I was able to jot down much more rich and complete ideas of these sketches. And I guess just, yeah, circling back around to the initial thought was like, it also corresponded with the type of music that I was listening to, which at that point in time was predominantly hip hop for a good three or four years, maybe. Hip-hop, and I always joked, yeah, hip-hop and chick-pop. So, like, I got really big into Kimbra and Robin in particular, and then that kind of expanded out to other people that I am blanking on right now. I know Mo, or however you pronounce that, with the O with the little slash through it, in a similar vein. Um, what's her name? Santa Gold, kind of in the, in the MIA realm. Licky Lee, again, not sure the pronunciation, but just, yeah, so it was very heavy hip-hop and a lot more electronic-based, female-fronted, melodic stuff. So I wasn't listening to stuff with, you know, guitar in the foreground. All of that stuff still had bass, and like I said, in this period where I set the guitar down, I almost, I was kind of looking for something to substitute in, almost in a semi-permanent role or like at least an indefinite role and and I was having fun playing bass I happened to find on Craigslist a pretty ridiculous American-made PV six-string bass which is absurd but that was part of the the joy of it was just recognizing how how silly it was to be playing a metallic gold shiny six-string bass that in some sense, I was just like, I have no business doing this. But I spent so much time kind of trying to figure out the layout or arrangement of the tools that I wanted to use. And then this one just kind of popped into my lap for too good of a deal to pass up. And it was something that I knew the 
construction of it was solid and you know it'd be great and so i mean it's it's been great it's been a lot of fun to play and it is very over the top and i don't know it it, it it's at times given me sort of imposter syndrome on like a, a lower degree just because it's i feel like if anybody if other musicians see that i feel like there's maybe an expectation that i'm gonna be just wailing on it and that's really not my style so what i ended up doing and what excited me was was taking old guitar ideas that i'd been sitting on and converting those and learning how to play those on this six string bass ultimately what what i really was intrigued by was the ability to kind of translate some guitar pieces onto this bass and the clarity and the the power that's on tap with the heavier strings and the the way it sounds in general i I was in love with and yeah so it it just it it piqued that curiosity and that sense of playfulness that for me has always been necessary and again like i i took for granted on the guitar and for a while i think before i found this bass and before i found oxy it just, like I said, was I was singing ideas a cappella into my voice memos app and not really doing anything else beyond that. So finding the bass and, and discovering Oxy really helped give me a tool that I think was fun to explore and because it was fun, allowed much more of that playfulness to reemerge. So I guess enough about all the... the inside baseball stuff although don't get me started on baseball yeah i was just i guess wondering i like thinking about how my musical diet i guess what i was listening to how that affects my process as a musician or as a creator and just thinking about that and expanding outward into realms beyond music you know any kind of art or design and i think Bringing up the design, I think that also factored in to these periods of time where I was dedicating a lot more creative energy into graphic design, just as specific opportunities came up for me, where I didn't study it, I never did that formally, I never really officially was any sort of of graphic designer, it was always just a hobby that I did because we got the software for free back in college and I had made flyers and some artwork for for music projects that I had done in the past and it was always very sparse few and far between and so I never really picked up momentum and then also during this time where I wasn't playing guitar as much I happened to stumble on an opportunity to kind of hone my skills within the graphic design stuff as a semi-steady stream of employment within a job that I had already had. And so it was just capitalizing on on this opportunity to also explore something new, which again, drew out the creativity, the playfulness that was missing with the guitar that I had, you know, become so familiar with and eventually just kind of drifted away from. So there was that as well. But yeah, just back to the, I guess, diets, like thinking about how at this point, after having done the design stuff for four or five years now and thinking about where I draw inspiration from, and that's 
taking in plenty of things this past year with COVID. It's been much more limited to online platforms, mostly just Instagram. I think that's pretty much the only thing I'm, I'm active on anymore, but finding certain accounts that are curating graphic design or art and just noticing how those play a role. Just, yeah, the diet in general and how that affects. So bringing it back to the music, like listening to mainly hip hop and chick pop, as I succinctly put it, none of that stuff really brought out any desire to pick up a guitar. The bass was a different thing, so that that was helpful. There's there's bass that's present in most most of those genres within both hip hop and pop music. So that was always something to key in on and and focus on and learn. And within Oxy, that's you know electronic production. So that gave me a, a pretty diverse set of tools to experiment and explore within musical styles that, again, were a heavy part of my diet at the time. And yeah, slowly but surely, like within the last maybe two or three years, I've noticed that diet has shifted away from hip hop in particular, back into kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like indie rock in the broadest sense of it. I very late for especially my own background, discovered Deerhoof, and they immediately became one of my all-time favorite bands, even though, yeah, I probably hadn't heard them before three or four years ago, which, tracing back my history and listening to the music that I was making with Impure Jazz and and all the way back even into high school, just the stuff that I was making, it would have made complete sense for me to have been way into them and i think if you had asked me at the time whether i was a fan of Deerhoof and i told you i i don't know them i'm not familiar it would probably have shocked anyone to learn that but i would say that was that was a key pivot point for me was getting into them which is obviously like kind of classic rock band lineup of two guitars bass and drums you know with with experimentation happening but guitars factor heavily into their sound so getting into them was a huge part of shifting the diet back to guitar driven guitar focused stuff also darwin dees discovered him from a buddy recommending him after his most recent album and that one also is guitar heavy or guitar centric i would say and then digging into his back catalog as i did with Deerhoof once i once i discovered them and and dove in head first realized like his back catalog especially is very guitar heavy but the thing i think more specifically with darwin d's is not only was it guitar heavy but lyrically was much more much more aligned with that kind of yeah hip-hop lyrical content that was rhythmically interesting that was conceptually interesting clever a lot of wordplay, and then there's plenty of pop elements as well to his music. So I really fell in love with all of his albums, really, because it, it encapsulated the, the stuff that I had been taking in for those last three or four years of hip-hop, chick-pop, you know, really heavy on all that stuff, but incorporated back into a more guitar-focused state of mind. And so... Again, just like 
feeding that curiosity and intrigue that to me has always been one of those necessary ingredients for for finding that playfulness sorry i just tripped over a cable um (laughs) yeah i don't know i guess i that also made me dwell just thinking about the how the diet affects what you create it also it also brought back up this concept or theory or whatever you want to call it that i had very early on in my development i don't know if this would have been in college or or what maybe even earlier but just the idea it very well could have been earlier because i feel like early on i struggled to figure out what it was that i wanted to create and i really think i've hit on this particularly in last episode of attaching to this feeling of really wanting to create something entirely novel and new and so i struggled with that because no matter what I did, especially early on, it was easy for me to see where those influences were. And in some ways, it felt like the more I tried to circumvent those influences, the less I enjoyed the music or the less I, yeah, the less I liked what I was coming up with. It was harder to connect to what I was making. And maybe it just, yeah, it felt forced or contrived. And it really wasn't until playing with Impure Jazz, forming that with my buddy Josh originally, and then rebooting it later on once we, I think, had matured sufficiently into the ability to play together. Uh, <laughs> we rebooted it with, with our buddy Adam as well. But I think part of that formulation, even from the, from the onset when it was just Josh and myself, the name in and of itself was in reference to the idea that nothing that we come up with is absent of our influences. It's impossible not to, not to let those come through. So the idea, obviously, impure jazz being, I mean, we weren't really playing jazz or even attempting to. The name originally came from an earlier band with my good buddies, Adam Andis and Andy Dow. It was probably my very first band, uh, as, as just an aside. We were called the Impure Jazz Experiment, and the overall tonality of that band was influenced mostly by my learning of some jazz chords, so incorporating some sevenths and ninths but really not knowing what I was doing, essentially, other than that. So it was, it was, in the sense, much more superficially named. One, it was an experiment, and two, it was an experiment based on some crude formulations of what jazz was at the time for, you know, sophomores and juniors in high school. So when, we, when Josh and I decided to take on that name, and shorten it down to just impure jazz, it kind of took on, I think it allowed us to inject a bit more into it. And I know for me personally, there was a lot that underneath it all really was held together by the idea that everything we come up with creatively is impure. It has to be. It, it, you know, it, it, it's impossible to create something that is purely original. And I'm not entirely sure if that was part of his intention with it as well, or if that was something that maybe I personally latched onto. Maybe we'll have Josh on down the road, see if he's interested. But 
for me, that was such a big thing. And why am I even talking about this? Oh, yeah. So I remember at some point in that period of time, considering essentially like (laughs) taking on the life of a musical monk and just closing myself off from all music that already exists so as not to taint whatever creative energy or ideas that I might come up with. That was my theory at the time for how to potentially figure out how to generate purely original ideas. And I mean, ultimately, that's it, it still is merely a theory from my own empirical standpoint, because I never, I never really took that on. I never stepped back from, from the realm of being a music listener, and therefore that experiment exists essentially in, in the hypothetical for me, because I never, I never actually ran that experiment on myself. I continued to listen to music and, you know, like I said, once, once I started playing with Josh and we got to talking about the underlying concept of the project, it just felt more, more natural, more organic to sort of use that as a, as a vessel for accepting the fact that influence was inevitable in whatever we do, unless one were to take a fairly extreme measure to avoid being influenced by anything. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I was I was thinking earlier about how some of these different phases of my musical diet among other things has potentially affected the level of creativity or at least shaped the interest and curiosity that I felt and had attached to particular voicings of musical ideas, in this case the tools that I was using. So Again, almost taking for granted the guitar, which was always around. And I've, you know, I've had at least one guitar that was in my general vicinity at all times, essentially since I got my first guitar when I was 13. So that's just been a ubiquitous tool that, again, over time, I just kind of, like I said, fell out of touch with or fell out of interest. The the romance wasn't there, I guess. And looking back on it, recognizing some of the consumption patterns that I was in. I was focusing much more on different mediums of music, hip-hop, chick-pop. Shout out to all that because it's amazing artistic expression. And I guess part of the lesson there for me was learning to, just like I did when, when starting the second version of Impure Jazz and learning to just accept that no idea that I could generate would be pure of influences in that same kind of way, part of me just needed to accept that the guitar didn't have to be the tool that I used all the time. I struggled a lot in that period because so much of my identity, whether it was intentional or not, or actively crafted in that way, was built on being a guitar player. And for a lot of different reasons, I think I, I shifted away from that little by little, and in large part, probably. Probably that influenced some of my my shift away from listening to guitar-focused music. So just diversifying the diet that I was taking in affected that as well. But again, it was a struggle to, I guess, embrace or accept the fact that I was more 
than just a guitar player. And for the longest time, that playfulness that motivated me to pick up the guitar and play and, and to translate these ideas, these creative ideas and thoughts into musical things just went away. And absent that, I kind of had some, you know, some form, some degree of crisis in terms of who I was because so much had been invested into the idea of myself as a guitarist and pulling off of, you know, other past topics and themes that I've touched on in terms of even the creating of the music that I was doing a long time ago was focused so much and so heavily on demonstrating technique and and ability on the instrument that it felt like I was attempting to be an artist, but was mainly just demonstrating some level of craftsmanship. I don't know if that necessarily makes sense. It's like, oh, I could, you know, I could do this thing on guitar. I'm proficient at it. I'm not, you know, no virtuoso by any stretch of the imagination. But I was pretty good. I, I can admit that. And But yeah, I think the music that I was creating felt like it was underwhelming me, especially as I listened to different styles and recognized how much can be conveyed and communicated in ways that didn't incorporate a guitar at all or had it way in the background or, you know, just shifted the priority away from from demonstrating proficiency. And so I think I'm definitely like grateful for that period of time where I fell out of favor with the guitar or the guitar fell out of favor with me. And it ultimately kind of allowed me to reincorporate it into my life in a way that it's still a struggle for me. I, I, I still instinctively want to create something when I am picking up a guitar to play. That that level of playfulness can be likened to chasing something and chasing down these ideas or Again, like it's, I don't necessarily stop at the simpler version of an idea that nonetheless captures the essence of that idea. There's oftentimes some of that curiosity and playfulness leads me down rabbit holes just to try to figure out a better way of playing this thing. Even though, again, if I know, if I'm, if I'm approaching it as a songwriter, then anything beyond kind of the structure and the melody and the harmony and the rhythm anything too far beyond that is fine. It's great. It's, you know, it's, but it's just kind of color at that point. And it's, there's a lot more arbitrary off of that path than what is maybe as crucial to crafting the song. And so again, shifting that mind space or the mindset or the headspace that I'm in when I'm doing this, if I'm, you know, sitting down and stepping into the role of guitarist, then that will propel me down down a certain path or or lead me to take some of these offshoots just to see what's what's off the path and fun and curious and leading me in a way that I'm not familiar with or not sure what what I'll come up with whereas if I sit down and I'm in a in the headspace to occupy the role of writing a song it doesn't serve me if that's my objective to slip into the guitarist mindset and vice versa, and same with Oxy. I can, you know, I can sit down with one thing in mind and easily get distracted and pulled in a million different directions when when the thing I intended to sit down to do is still waiting there for me at the point that I veered off the path. 
So I, I don't know. That's its own thing. That's kind of a more in terms of focus, really, which has also been a a struggle at times. But yeah, I don't know. That that's its own challenge is learning. Once I've learned maybe to speak a different language, to play bass instead of guitar, or to put together a beat within Oxy, or sitting down and writing lyrics and focusing on that more so. It's I often struggle with sitting down to do one thing and then one of those other aspects of who I am compels me and and pulls me off that path. So that's I don't know, maybe more of a topic for another time, namely focus, which has also been something I've been thinking about a lot lately and just dwelling on and recognizing. I think I've told several different people in different circumstances recently about how I think some of the most productive creative bursts that I've had looking back in my life came when I was avoiding doing something else. (laughs) And so there's there's a balance that I need to strike between accepting that and and recognizing that there's some sometimes that avoidance is is the the fuel that really like propels me down a path that is really creative and really productive and other times if I reach out and try to grab something or you know set out with a specific aim in mind I find it hard to really focus on that and so just kind of reckoning with that as I'm acknowledging it more and just coming to terms with that because it's, or, you know, how do I, how do I hack that? How do I, you know, maybe trick myself into doing the thing that I deep down want to do mo- more? <laughs> it's kind of, I, I think of like the person who's perpetually late, whose family or, or, you know, significant other or friend or whatever it is just sets all of their clocks off or schedules everything 15 minutes earlier than they actually intend it to be knowing that this person is always late like I almost wonder what I could do in in similar ways of saying you know if I go into something and I know at the root level that I want to sit down and write a song it might not actually it might work out better if I tell myself that what I'm trying to do is sit down and play guitar for a while or if, if my goal is something else, then what's likely going to happen is, is if I fully believe that I'm, I'm setting out to do one thing, odds are some other task is going to be much more alluring and fuel me in a much more organic way. And so may, I don't know. Yeah, just something to think about moving forward is how to trick myself, how to hack my way into being productive in the ways that I want to be. But the trick there is keeping track of which layers you're on. And the more layers you get, it becomes trickier and more intricate and harder to follow. Because the person who's always late, once they discover that people make the appointments or set their clocks ahead to offset the, the lateness that they always enact, once they, once they become aware of that, then you just kind of factor that in you know that your your clock is set ahead so then you just add time and you end up being late again so that that's the trick there is convincing yourself at the core level that what you want to do is what you want to do or maybe maybe the easiest thing is just to in retrospect accept whatever it is that pulled me in whatever direction i, I was pulled 
or just really be hard on yourself and set a discipline that is uncomfortable, but there's easy enough parameters to follow, such as, again, the daily beats, doing this once a week. There's, I think there's value there as well, and I'm still learning. But I tell you what, I can be completely washed over with ideas and thoughts that I want to explore. And the minute I sit down to record, they all just kind of flurry away. And it's, it's fine. I ultimately end up usually talking about something else that is buried underneath some other stuff that I may or may not have been aware of at the time. So it all kind of ends up shaking out. And I think there's some value in, in taking some time regularly to reflect on some of these processes and the outputs and renegotiating what it is that I'm setting out to do. So I might recognize that those efforts and attention may be not properly suited for what it is that I'm actually, I might not be aimed at the the thing that I say that I'm aiming at, but if I take the time to regularly reflect, then I give myself the opportunity to maybe recontextualize what it is that I'm working on or really maybe hone in on what it is that I'm trying to accomplish through my actions and behaviors rather than what I necessarily claim to be attempting to do. All right, that was a lot. The walking around, the ambulatory aspect of this seemed to be helpful. We'll see if I continue to do it. It's it's probably a nice thing to to have in my back pocket. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that that there was still some some morsels of of valuable lessons or thoughts, theories, concepts, etc., etc. If not, you're welcome to just turn it off. That's also good by me. If you are listening and you are enjoying it, stay tuned. I'm wheels are in motion for for getting some guests upcoming, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if you're liking it, continue listening. Please rate and review, I guess. I am fully aware how inspiring it is to hear me so excitedly and compellingly asking for for your support in this way. Um, Until next week, I'm Gabe Garber, and I still don't know.